solving a complex problem is an exciting experience. But what happens when people don't accept your solution? It's true that one big hurdle with problem solving is knowing how to sell the solution and get others on board. In today's episode, we're analyzing the strengths of the best problem solvers and solution sellers. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm your host, Brianna Corin, and joining me today is my father and renowned psychometrician, Joe Folkman. <laughs> so, where do we start today? Well, it's been a little while since I shared a good story. So what do you know about the history of the Nintendo company? Well, I know I had three boys who played a lot of Nintendo over many years. (laughs) And I honestly, I should have bought stock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, But there was a time if you can believe it or not, that people thought that video games were done with, that they had their moment and kids were not interested in them anymore. Really? Yes. In 1984, Americans believed that video games were over. This was a problem for the Nintendo executives that were trying to sell their brand new NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, at the yearly Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. The video game boom over the last decade had worn out consumers with an oversupply of very poorly made games. The team reported their failure and lack of interest to the Nintendo executives, and they tried redesigning the system. But the following year, it failed to sell again. However, Nintendo's president, Hiroshi Yamauchi, was convinced that Americans were wrong. Children weren't bored with video games, he thought. They were just bored with bad video games. He then had an idea on how to solve this problem. He instructed his workers to take the NES to one American city and launch it there. With a $50 million budget, the Nintendo team took the NES to New York City and bombarded them with advertising, mall demonstrations, and even money-back guarantees. The sales after Christmas showed consumers bought over 50,000 units, which was enough to convince retailers across America to start stocking the system. By the end of 1986, Nintendo had sold a million NES consoles in the United States. Have you ever heard someone say, a good idea will sell itself? Leaders who can generate good ideas are, in essence, good problem solvers. Yamauchi knew his product was good. He had seen how it sold in Japan. Children wanted better games with better graphics, but American retailers didn't want to be stuck with a product that would not sell. A great idea can get people excited and grab their attention, but often it takes more than a good idea to get people to change. That's a good example of leaders who are skilled at selling and marketing the benefits of change and believe that every idea, no matter how good, needs to be sold. Yamauchi knew what Nintendo had to do to solve this problem. They had to demonstrate, sell, and market this new console. Their efforts paid off for many years to come. I mean, we certainly bought a lot of different games and systems, 
and I'm not even going to try to name. Now, this story demonstrates kind of the catch-22 of being a good problem solver. Leaders can't always just solve the problem. They have to know how to effectively sell the solution. Most people recognize that when someone is trying hard to sell or market a change to them, well, we tend to resist being sold to, especially if what they are selling does not seem like something they want or means more work for us. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it it actually makes me wonder if there are a lot of great problem solvers out there, but because they don't really know how to sell their solution to others, we just end up listening to people who don't have a great solution, but they're really good at convincing people that they do. And so everyone loses. Well, I decided to compare and contrast the advantages and disadvantages of problem solvers versus solution sellers using a database of over 100,000 leaders. Now, I identified problem solvers as leaders who had skills and knowledge to make a significant contribution, trusted others to use good judgment, spotted new trends, potential problems, and opportunities early, had a perspective beyond the day-to-day and took a longer-term view. Solution sellers were those who did an excellent job of marketing projects and programs and products. Uh, They became champions for new products, and they helped others understand the organization's vision and objectives. It seems you have the people that think about the changes and then make the changes. Now, in these two different groups that were above average on one skill and below average on the other, uh, there were about over 9,000 who were problem solvers. And on the other side, there was about the same 9,000 who were solution sellers. Now, what were the strengths that you found in each of these groups? Well, you know, the problem solvers, as you'd expect, were trusted for their ideas. Others sought their opinions. (laughs) Members of the work group trusted them. They had the ability to anticipate problems. Uh, Interesting, they were also more willing to walk their talk and be good role models, and they were careful to honor commitments and keep promises. Uh, They maintained a clear perspective between the big picture and the details. Again, they were probably more focused on the details, and they were skilled at communicating Uh, and understanding problems. And what about the solution sellers? Well, the solution sellers had a high level of energy and enthusiasm. (laughs) They energized and took on challenging goals. They energized others to achieve goals. They were open to feedback and they had courage to make changes. They tended to be more customer oriented. That's not a big surprise. Mm -hmm. And they were open to the ideas and approaches of others. And they were great at inspiring others to high levels of effort and production. The analysis showed that the strength for one approach turned into a weakness for leaders using the other approach. What do you mean by that? Well, it was fascinating to see how each skill had a significant positive impact on a different set of leadership capabilities. Clearly, there were benefits and liabilities of being focused on one approach or the other. The obvious conclusion was that good ideas, sorry, they don't sell themselves. Mm. And good marketers actually need good ideas. <laughs> they couldn't, they need good solutions to problems. So leaders who were skilled in both approaches were significantly more effective. 
Mm-hmm. So um, something that caught my attention in this study was in order to demonstrate the impact of the different approaches, uh, you had all the direct reports of each leader indicate the confidence they had that the organization would achieve its strategic goals. So when a leader was below average on both of these skills, confidence ratings were at the 36th percentile. Not great. Being above average at one or the other skill had a positive impact, but being above average at both problem solving and selling solutions created a significant increase in confidence. That's a big deal for people to actually believe that you're going to achieve your strategic goals, that confidence. Yeah, the confidence came when you not only had a great solution, but you really marketed it, sold it, got people to believe it. Yeah. You know, as I observe change efforts in organization, it seems to me that many leaders assume (laughs) that a good idea is all they need to create change and, and really fix an organization. A good idea could be a new technology, a new approach to customers or a new strategy. These shiny objects get people's attention, but when it comes to getting people to change, it takes more than just a good idea. Selling a solution by marketing it involves a clear and powerful communication and inspiration. It requires follow-up and attention to details that help people embrace and execute that change. If you believe you have the right answer to your problem, then figure out how to effectively sell your solution. And just because people report to you doesn't mean they're going to believe it. Be prepared because it may take more time and effort to sell the solution than it did to solve the problem. Well, listeners, friends, I have a proposition for you. This month, Joe and Jack are doing a webinar on how to solve problems and analyze issues, and you can register to attend. Look, this is a complex skill. And in our 360-degree assessments, which we have over 1 million of them, when we asked raters to rank the 19 leadership competencies, guess what was number two? Problem solving. This is not only important for you to learn, but it's also important for your team to understand how to solve problems and implement solutions as a group. So we want you to gather your team, invite them to attend this webinar with you. Participants get to take the problem-solving self-assessment. You can compare your scores with your team members, but be sure to register. I will include the link in our episode details or on our podcast page on SangerFogman.com. The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast, was written and recorded by Brianna Korn and Joe Folkman and produced by Sanger Folkman with music by Pleasant Pictures. If you're interested in learning more about Sanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly webinar series hosted by Jack Sanger and Joe Folkman, visit our website at sangerfolkman.com. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in the episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.